0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm Bo Nellis, and this is episode 42. We're going to talk about pot for pets, cannabis for cats, dope for dogs, hemp for horses, bud for birds, sativas for squirrels. I don't know. I think I'm just rambling now. We are going to talk about animals and especially those pets of ours that we love very much. I unfortunately have a lot of friends who are dealing with a lot of animal loss right now and i have unfortunately even more friends who are dealing with animals in bad stages and people asking me about cannabis as a therapeutic option for their pets is nothing new so i thought this week i'd follow that inspiration and talk about some of the things that people should know before they they jump into medicating their beloved animals. If you're new to this uh, podcast, I like to open things up with a section that's called stoner moments where I touch on some things from previous episodes. And I don't really have anything this week because I kind of took a little bit of a break to just hang out and chat and catch up on the last week so i just want to say thanks everyone for letting me sneak in a toke i know they're not the most informational episodes but i tried and sometimes you just need a goddamn break all right all right let's get to it pets and pot so some animals love smoking weed Uh, They they love to be around it. They will let you know that they are ready for a new bowl by being around your paraphernalia, maybe playing with your pillows that you keep your pieces in or even getting into your sack. And there's a few reasons for that. Uh, Mostly it's the terpenes that are available. And if you want to understand more about terpenes, you want to visit the podcast episodes about indica versus sativa, um, the terpenes are what are present and make the weed really smelly. And it's actually the component that drug dogs were trained to go after, the beta-carophyllene in the pot plant, not the THC, since cannabinoids have no smell. And just like catnip, some animals are attracted to it and some are not. Uh, So you might have a cat that is very responsive to catnip, and you might have a cat that's just kind of like, meh, whatever. And when it comes to cannabis, animals can be very much the same way. Now, that can be further affected by their health. So if you had an animal that wasn't really into smoking weed to begin with, but they fall sick, they might then actually become interested in being in the circle during your safety meetings, maybe snuggling a little bit closer with you on the couch during uh, your break time, things like that. I in no way condone forcing an animal to ingest cannabis, but I have experienced way too many animals that very clearly enjoy using and imbibing cannabis, uh, usually in smoke form. Um, but even as an edible, a lot of times too, uh, it's just, there's no denying it. So don't be blowing smoke in their face necessarily, but you definitely want to make sure that you're blowing it in their direction. And if you have an animal that's totally not part of it, just let them walk away, make sure it's well ventilated. I have two cats myself, and neither one of them are interested in cannabis in the least when it comes to THC. However, when I will be smoking some CBD rich stuff, one of my cats definitely becomes a little bit more interested. And I think that as we just learn more about cannabis, we're going to see that the nuances that are present in humans extend to animals because all mammals can benefit from cannabinoids, which are the basis of the cannabis plant and what makes it – unique its abundance of cannabinoids because as we learn more we're discovering that phytocannabinoids are present in all kinds of different things all kinds of different fruits and foods and vegetables so in some ways we already give our animals cannabinoids uh, but this is definitely going to step it up so is it safe there are a lot of different factors that you want to think about when you are contemplating giving your animal weed. First, the delivery method. Is it a safe way to dose your animal? Uh, Is coconut oil okay for your animal? Because a lot of the available options are going to be a coconut oil base. A lot of other options are going to be a glycerin base. Some of them are going to be a refined product that has been pressed into a pill or it has been made into a dog treat. And when these are being made with whole plant, even if they call it hemp, and if you don't understand the difference between hemp and marijuana, I do have, I think that's episode two. I did that one really early. There's only a legal definition to make that difference. So, regardless if they make it with medical cannabis or if they make it with hemp, if they're using whole plant ingredients, Some animals are going to be more sensitive than other animals. Cats can be much more sensitive to terpenes than dogs can be, which is why certain flea medications are only safe for dogs and can actually kill or permanently impair cats. So understanding all of the ingredients is really important. Despite the fact that it's an animal. And if you're listening to this uh, because you're seeking answers, chances are your animal's not just an animal to you. Now, if you want something that isn't going to be whole plant, you do have the option of using a refined product that might be... Uh, just the cannabinoids and be fewer in the terpenes though I will say a lot of places are going to try and at least add some terpenes because it is usually a better medicine that way and it's also got better marketability. So another thing that you need to consider is the types of cannabinoids that you're going to be treating your animal with as well as their condition. The most popular option is CBD for animals, and that's because it's relatively mild in its psychoactivity. A lot of places are going to say that it's non-psychoactive, but that's not entirely true. And CBD also falls under that definition of legal hemp, making it a little bit more of a gray area to sell to all 50 states. A lot of those places will also mention that they have a variety of phytocannabinoids. And these claims were put to the test by the FDA. They did a random testing of several different pet products from a variety of legal medical states. And there were some that did pretty much on point, even fairly well. And then there were others that tested completely undetectable for cannabinoids. So you wanna make sure that you have something that is independently tested, not using their own inside laboratory to test these. And then you also want to know what methods they are using when they do the testing because that's going to affect the overall test results. Also, you want to know what they are testing it on because if they test the material before they make the treat, uh, if that's the, the method that you're, you're choosing, the product that you're going to be using for your animal, then it, it could have a very different end result after they finish making the treat because of the way that cannabinoids can degradate. So for a lot of these companies, if they're talking whole plant, they're talking CBD, CBC, CBG, and not a lot of those places are necessarily delivering on the test results to go with it. You also have other options. You can always make your own uh, with THCA, which is completely non-psychoactive because it can't cross that blood-brain barrier. Like CBD can, so again, that lends towards its mild psychoactivity. Um, but THCA cannot, and it has a lot of the anti-inflammatory and pain-relieving properties that can be really beneficial to any animals, but especially a lot of animals that have breeding problems, hip problems, pit bulls come to mind, um, but really any animal that... that. Uh, suffer some some serious arthritic issues it can also help with organ inflammation things like that I talked about a friend's pet who was having a combination of both liver and kidney failure simultaneously Um, the medicine for one would agitate another and the diet for one would agitate the other and back and forth and unfortunately um she just she just uh, lost her animal, but she did gain a really fantastic and and full quality of life. Uh, I think an additional four or five months, something like that with her animal. And that makes a really big difference. And then, of course, there's THC, which is definitely the more controversial one which is to be expected. And your animal will get high. Your animal will get high from the secondhand smoke. Your animal will get high from eating uh, your weed. Unlike you, they're going to be much more responsive to the terpenes that are in there and the tiny little bits of THC that are naturally present on the cannabis plant before you actually smoke it. For us to get high, we really need to heat it up And then make it more bioavailable in our systems. But because animals can be much more sensitive to the cannabinoids, if there's THC present and the terpenes are present and then they go and eat a joint which you've decarboxylated further because it's a roach, you know, Uh, you know, if they go and eat a roach, they're going to become much more sensitive to that. And that's where you have issues of people having animals that are vomiting, that are agitated, that are lethargic, who uh, have no sense of coordination anymore. And, and, And that becomes a really sad time. And when you take them to the vet, they might have to pump their stomach, depending on how much they've ingested. They might have to give them fluids in order to help flush it out of their systems. And uh, depending on what was in it to begin with, such as if you had a dog that ate a cannabis-infused chocolate bar, you might have some serious issues because these things can be poisonous to your animals. So again, it goes back to the first thing you want to consider is the delivery method, and all of those inactive ingredients, quote-unquote inactive, right? So because animals have an endocannabinoid system, just like humans do, all of those cannabinoids that humans benefit from, animals also benefit from. You may find that some treats work better than others because of the amount of cannabinoids that are there and or the type of cannabinoids that are there. If you get CBD treats for your pet who really enjoys hanging out while you smoke your weed, and they don't really seem to improve the overall health of your animal, that might be because they're CBD, where your animal really enjoys the benefits of THC. So that's another thing to consider when you want to establish what your particular animal needs. Now, with that in mind, there aren't a whole lot of full-spectrum cannabinoid options out there for animals because they are so sensitive to THC. Um, But you can use some human products as animal products. And so we're going to talk about how to dose Remember, going back to researching what is toxic to your animal before you give them anything and making sure that the product that you're using is in full disclosure of all of its ingredients. So when it comes to dosing an animal, you want to start even slower than you would a child. Um, Weight isn't always the best marker. But it certainly can help. But even larger animals, you want to start slowly and then start moving things up. Uh, And there are some things to consider, like the faster metabolism that might need to go into their medicating routine. Just a mig, maybe two milligrams of whatever cannabinoid you are using to start out with is a really good beginner point. And I will say that, according to the FDA testing, there were a lot of very low cannabinoid-rich options available. So a really a really wide selection of starter products. There was only one actual product, and I think that was from Canapets, and it was their Max CBD. It had 25 milligrams of CBD in it. And that's a pretty decent dose. Um, but that can also get really expensive, especially when it becomes just for pets. And I do know that there are people who are using things like the Rick Simpson oil to medicate their pets who are experiencing some end-of-life issues. And that can work in some ways, and it can also work against them because of the down-regulation that can happen uh, of which I spoke a little bit about uh, in regards to THCA and tolerance in general, if you over medicate uh, the CBD um, or more specifically the THCA, it could actually stop your body from, or stop the animal's body from responding completely to the medication that you are giving them. On the other hand, When you have a very sick animal, oftentimes they may require more medicine than a healthy animal would, just like a sick human would. We're just animals, you know, we're all just animals. So starting slowly, trying to find a therapeutic dosage. And not being afraid to work your way up, but not too quickly, can be important. And then remembering that faster metabolism might mean a lower dosage more frequently. So instead of giving your animal maybe 20 milligrams of CBD a day, giving them six doses of five milligrams throughout the day might see better results out of it. On the other hand, depending on the condition, it might be the exact opposite. So you will still need to play within those realms. If you feel that working with THC might be the best option for your animal, making sure that you have a tested, trusted CBD alternative there in case of overconsumption Is a really great way to make sure that you are on your pet's side doing the best for them, but in the end, you should probably still take them to the vet so that they can push the fluids if you don't have fluids of your own. And though those over-medicating fears are really going to be much more prone with THC. Now, if you get something like Soothing soos which starts out as THCA, and then you can slowly decarboxylate it in small quantities to work its way up, I mean, I still suggest the Soothing soos to a lot of people for their animals as a different option from CBD, especially because CBD is slightly mild, mildly psychoactive, If you're over medicating with it, you might see more lethargy in your animal. Uh, Now, in some cases, that might be great. If it's the 4th of July and you have a very agitated animal, medicating them with CBD could act like a Xanax and could be a lot more gentle to their system and a lot less potentially lethal than a Xanax would be but if you're going to medicate them with the same amount of CBD throughout the week when those fireworks aren't going on, you might notice that your animal is sleeping more and more and more. Now, other parts are going to depend on what kind of terpenes are available too. If you have a product that is high in linalool, then you are going to have more sedative effects out of that. Whereas if you have a product that's higher in D-limonene, you might see more agitation uh, instead of the lethargy. Animals are going to respond to the sativa and the indica differences, those terpene nuances, just like humans are going to. If you were medicating with THCA and you over-medicate, if you were seeing a therapeutic response, you will see a lessening of that therapeutic response. You might actually see a complete reversal of that therapeutic response. So in, in those cases, again, you lower the the dosage back to, to something uh, before. If you are starting slowly and you don't see any therapeutic uh, responses, then uh, you can go ahead and try and amp it up. And see if it works. If it doesn't seem to be working, you might need a different cannabinoid. You might need a different terpene base uh, or or something else. So not every cannabinoid is going to guarantee results, unfortunately. And then, of course, there's the problem of over-medicating with THC. The agitation, the potential lethargy, the vomiting, and the distress that it causes to both the pet who doesn't understand what's going on and the human who feels that they can't do anything for their pet the good thing to remember is that this is non-toxic relatively non-toxic depending on what the the other ingredients are so if you feel that your animal might be in distress to the point of mortality get them to the vet Don't be an asshole and don't lie about what has happened. All right. Veterinarians are not required to report anything and it will help them treat your animal. And if you know for a fact that your veterinarian is not cool with that, take them to a different veterinarian. Blame it on somebody else and, uh, And just thank God that the laws are so lax against animal abuse that probably nothing will come of this. And on that happy note, I guess we're going to wrap up our pot and pet section. Weed and weasels. Flowers and ferrets. Afghanis and Afghanis. All right, guys, before we go, I'm going to uh, have this little safety meeting. I know that I'm late in getting this out today, but it's been a really busy week. Of course. But I'm going to get it out, which you already know because you're listening to this. But I'm just going to repeat it to myself. I'm going to get it out. Today, I am smoking on some Dream Queen, which smells incredible of this berry creaminess. And it's really, really heady. Very, very spacey in its its cerebral qualities. That kind of giggle-inducing, memory-lapsing, anxiety-reducing qualities that I love in Dream Queen. It isn't the prettiest lady. She's a little stemmy. But her nose is so... So on point. And then because she makes me really spacey, and I don't want to be that spacey today, I'm going to throw a little golden pineapple on top of it to uh, sharpen the focus a little bit. It probably won't do it as much as I want it to. More than likely, I'm going to go in between moments of spaciness and moments of clear-headedness. And and I'll just kind of uh, roller coaster my way through this ride when I smoke them together. But I find that to be a lot more comfortable in my day and a lot more enjoyable than just smoking the Dream Queen and being super spacey for about an hour. (laughs) Like, I'm going to wait an hour to smoke more weed. That's that's not going to happen. The creamy berryness of the Dream Queen and the tropical mintiness of the Golden Pineapple mix so well together. Nom, 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 nom. So this week I don't have any products for you necessarily that I'm going to talk about. Uh, maybe just some tips. When I was at the Cannabis Cup, the High Times Cannabis Cup, a few months ago, I had bought some CBD oil that was in a syringe that I was told would be dabble material And which totally was not. It was really cakey. I had a really hard time getting it out of the syringe the first time. And when I finally did, it pretty much just all came out. When I would try to dab it, I didn't like the taste of it. It seemed really, really floral. And floral is not my preferred taste whatsoever. And so... I decided to dissolve it in some coconut oil. And with just a little bit of moderate heat, uh, body heat. So while I was watching TV, I just took the bottle with the coconut oil and a little bit of the CO2 wax in it. And I just uh, let my body heat naturally emulsify it together. And it didn't take very long at all. And then I was able to use that to make my capsules. So I had tested material, I know exactly how much goes into each capsule based on the weight of the oil that I infuse with, uh, based on the weight of the CO2 oil, mixed with the amount of coconut oil that I put in it, and then you just math it from there. And Dream Queen isn't great for my mathing skills, but uh, eventually the fog clears up and I can math again. But since I just took a hit, not right now. Oh, it's it's a really nice foggy roller coaster that I just entered into. But so I bought the CO two oil, and I hated it. But it was tested at I think sixty percent. So at a gram, that's six hundred milligrams of CBD. And if I can take that and mix it with an amount of coconut oil based on the capsules that I'm going to use, I can really get a very consistent dosage of CBD out of it. That's 600 milligrams of CBD. So if I don't want all the sugar and chocolate that's in the Chiba Choo's taffy, and I don't want to pay a ridiculous amount of money for some of the very overpriced options that are out there. I might be able to find some deals on some CO2 CBD oil and then make my own capsules. Which is probably what I'm going to try and start doing from now on. I think I ended up paying $30 at the the Cannabis Cup. Things are just so much cheaper to buy at conventions. Um, so I don't know how often I'll get to do that, but... I'm really enjoying using it in that way currently. I like to use coconut oil to try and infuse the last of my dap, too. If you follow me on Instagram at the Spliff podcast, then you could see where i I posted a picture of the King Louis, the very last of that. Oh my God, when I would open up the the container, it's it was so turpy. Uh, it it just it still smelled incredible and I wanted to preserve every last bit of it. So I filled it up with some warmed up coconut oil and I just, again, let my body heat emulsify it and then I would freeze it a couple times, warm it up again, freeze it, warm it up, and then I eventually put that coconut oil into a capsule. And I do that with all of the the shatters that I get that are in plastic or... Some of the crumbles that I get, the really sugary, turpy options that I just can't scrape every last bit off the container, whether it's glass or plastic, and I want to preserve every last bit. So I just fill it up with coconut oil and wait until it completely emulsifies using just a little bit of heat or sunlight if uh, you don't want to sit around with some oil under your butt the whole time. A sunny windowsill should do just as well and and that's the way that I preserve every last terpy cannabinoid rich bit even if you don't want to eat it you can use it topically so the sativa ones I'll use for headaches and the indica ones I use more for muscle pain and I hope you might find that useful to you in some way also, I wanted to say thank you to Death Squad NYC on Twitter. Hit me up about the Yami episode and uh, suggesting that I do more interviews. Um, I hope not just because I can get kind of boring, but because I ask good questions in my interviews. Um, and I definitely want to try to do that. My scheduling is kind of chaotic and I'm kind of lazy about it, so I'm not as on point with getting interviews as I should be. I know that. If you are looking for more interview-based podcast about cannabis, there's actually a new podcast that I started listening to that came out in June called The Medical Pot Guide. It's by a host named Jim Jensen, who also hosts a podcast, I guess, called The Essential Boomer. I'm not a baby boomer, so uh, I never heard of it before, Um, but it seems to be a pretty popular podcast and he has quite a following. And I will say, while I don't find the host, especially my style, the guests that he has on are spectacular and they really spread the gamut from patients to, uh, industry people and, uh, and the such and, and just really great information out there. So once again, that's the medical pot guide. If uh, you want to hear other people talk about their pot use, I'm not so worried that you're going to stop listening to me that I don't want you to have really good information out there in whatever form you can find it. Uh, Speaking of which, if you're looking for more information on those FDA testing results, I will have a link to that on my website, the spliffpodcast.com, two F's, two T's, no D. And there I have a bunch of different podcasts listed. You can use the search bar. I have all kinds of information. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter feel free to reach out to me. You can email me at the spliff podcast at gmail.com uh, or send me a Facebook messenger. You can even call me at 209-867-7543. That's 209 86 spliff And I hope to be able to answer your questions. If you have an animal that you are wondering if cannabis is an option for them and you just need somebody to to kind of trust and to ask because you don't feel that you have anybody around you, I'd be happy to. And I will say that cannabis isn't always the best option. And I'm not afraid to say that sometimes. But let's be real. I mean, it's it's usually an option. And usually the best option. All right, you guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. Sorry this one's late this week, but... Happy to see ya, and thanks again for letting me sneak in that talk with you last week. Keep on spliffing on. Ciao for now.